morning and welcome. Happy Hump Day, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and it is a glorious day here in the Valley of the Sun. Yes, it's it's almost braggadocious time for us as the weather is definitely cooling off and it's going to be a beautiful day. I hope it is wherever you are. 800-951-0592, that is our toll-free number, legal, lawful, constitutional tender. You know, our founding fathers get credited with being some of the most, well, I don't know, the brightest, maybe the smartest ever in the history of setting up a government. Ever. And yet we choose to ignore one of the most important things. And you know what? We're going to get back to it. Oh, yeah. The money will be gold and silver again. It just got interrupted for a, a short break. And we replaced it with a Federal Reserve note that continues to devalue itself. And we got a lot of things. Every day now, it's like, what are we going to talk about? And you know what? There's no, plenty of things that we need to discuss. We're going to get to all of it. The website at allamericangold.com. But before we get to that, I got to do a PSA. I do. If you are involved in some form of a confrontation and somebody starts filming you, that's probably an indication that you're being a jack, you know, I'm not even, you know, you're being a bovine specialist. And immediately stop what you're doing and walk away. See, Walking away is always an option. I suggest more people use it. Uh, so I just wanted to say that. Number two, if the Saudis want you to come to their consulate, and it doesn't matter what country, don't go. <laughs> I just say don't go. Just say no to the invitation of coming into the Saudi consulate. Boy, the president's in a tough spot on that one, isn't he? I mean, we got the Iranian sanction, right? We got that starting, right? In a couple more weeks, you're not supposed to buy any more Iranian oil. And now, I mean, obviously, in my opinion, no, I wasn't there. But they whacked the guy, right? The, the Saudi, the new Saudi king, the monarch there, didn't like the guy, you know, writing bad stuff about him, and they whacked him. Yeah, you can't do that anymore, right? That's the, <laughs> right. That's that's the old. I got while well, the Russians do it. I guess you know we're we're supposed to be appalled and and you slap people with sanctions and you call them evildoers. But we need that oil, right? That's kind of probably the same reason why we invaded Arabia after nine eleven. Last time I, there still wasn't an Iraqi on any of those planes. Anyway, that's a whole different show. 800-951-0592. I'm done with my PSAs uh, for the day anyway. But if I, if that helped anybody, hey, great, awesome. And uh, feel free to share those with others, you know, because there, there's somebody out there. 
that probably needs that help. We got a lot of ground to cover today. Uh, the Dow is doing Dow stuff. <laughs> what does that mean? Up, down, up, down. It, it's crazy town. Uh, I, I think someone, and I'm not sure, I can't remember who said it, but I was listening to the idiot about Someone actually said it right. The economy is mixed. And, and I think that's true. Housing is horrible. Matter of fact, more bad news there. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll go quick, I promise. Bad news on housing. Bad news on autos. Uh, good news if you're a, uh, you know, like crude oil. Well, today not so good, but crude oil's been good. Uh, if you work in anything that supplies stuff to the government, that's been real good, right? Because let's face it, government spending is out of control nuts. Uh, but but mixed is what it is. And, of course, they're trying to use the media now to get the central bank to stop raising rates. I don't think it's going to work. They're not that smart. Uh, but, but nonetheless, we'll talk about that. We had the Treasury every month. They, they produce a report that tells us Who's buying and who's not buying all of the debt? I'm going to update you on that today. We're also having a brand new, and I've been, like I said, matter of fact, we've been, what, what this is year 23 that we've been doing this. We have a brand new country that has never bought gold before at least in the modern era, right? So go back from 1971. They've never bought any. Do we have a new gold buyer? And remember, I tell you all the time, be your own central bank. The question isn't going to be how much dollars do you have in your retirement account? That is not the question. You know that commercial, and they're all walking around, and they're all walking. Do you ever see that commercial, and, and, and they got a number on everybody, and most of the numbers are like a million plus. Like the the poor guys only got 750000 in that commercial. And I don't know anybody that has anywhere close to that, by the way. Not going to be that. The question is going to be, how much does your retirement weigh? 800-951-0592. Radio News Hour. Got a great show on a hump day. Don't touch that dot. 800-951-0592. Uh, just some, there was only really housing data out today. Uh, housing starts. This was a September number. Uh, and really all you need to know, down. Uh, down 5.3%, uh, which is a pretty big down. Usually these things are down, you know, a percent or up a percent. And, uh, so 5.3%, a big number. Uh, they also revised August number lower as well. Um, the South had a huge decline. Now, maybe that'll pick up after the hurricane. Uh, maybe that'll help there. I don't know. Uh, but but it, anyway, that was a September number, and then mortgage application. And again, now rates hitting new highs. Uh, mortgage weekly mortgage applications fell seven point one percent. Again, that's another that's a big number. Uh, they're saying that volume was 
15% lower than the same week a year ago. And again, this is kind of, you know, I don't know how these things go, right? And I, you know, what do I know, right? I've only been doing this for 15 years, and I watch these reports, and I bring them to you week after week, and I know some of you are like, oh, double's all about the numbers. Just how my brain works, right? Because the numbers shall set you free, right? If you can do math, right, you can be an economist. You can be. And when I see numbers like that, housing starts down five plus percent after a huge revision downwards the month before mortgage applications down 17 percent actually year over year down 15 percent that gives me reason to pause makes me wonder about what is really happening here remember here's the story you think you know this is what we have to believe that China's slowing down, you know, Japan, do we even talk about them anymore, right? Do they even count? Right? They got nothing going, right? They, their economy hasn't moved in decades. Europe's got trouble again. Uh, by the way, today, Italy, I know we keep talking. Remember, you got to go back a while. We talked about Greece for a year before they stopped everybody from taking money out of the bank. And you know what? That's a great thing for all of you to remember. When I tell you time and time again, when you put your money in the bank, it is no longer your money. That's a fact. That's been banking law since before we were a country. Actually, way before we were a country. And Greece is a great example. I don't even know if you can, if all the rules, they, they've, they've lightened up. But remember at the heart of it, you could only withdraw $20 from your ATM. You couldn't close your account. You couldn't say, you know what, just give me my money. No. Nope. Sorry. I can transfer it to another bank for you in Greece. <laughs> I want to send it to Switzerland. Nope. I want to send it to America. Uh-uh. I just want to withdraw my money. Nope. Can't do it. And Greece was tiny. Italy here. We've been talking about them. What is this, two, three months now? Uh, the EU rejecting Italy's budget again, right? And of course, we you know we know the story, right? They want to act like they're America, right? They say, hey, we can go and and, and have a bigger debt as we'd like to try to get out of this. Of course, we're heading to Italy. We're not Italy yet. We're not Greece yet. Right? Both of them have debt-to-GDP levels at about 140%. Right? We're only about a little over 100. <laughs> but we're right behind them. But don't worry, we got a printing press, and, and it'll be different this time. And then, you, then this one. This actually happened yesterday. And, it, and it's hard 
because this is something that only recently, and really particularly this year, have I really had to pay attention to this. And it has to do with reports out of the Treasury. Yesterday, we told you about how the Treasury sold the new bill. We talked about how we got warned again, this time by Moody's, about our debt being downgraded. By the way, Italy looks like, anyway, they may be getting a downward grade, and it could be as early as this year, before the year is over. Uh, that That's kind of what has rattled some of the markets there. But the Treasury now has become very, very, very important. And I've been telling you for, what, at least the last year, maybe two now, the bubble is in the debt market. Right now, the debt market's big. Right? That's Wall Street. And Wall Street's a bubble. Not as big as the bond bubble, though. And, of course, we have to sell debt. The Treasury Department, every month, produces a report telling us who's buying and who isn't. Okay? So who's buying the debt, who's not buying the debt, and who's going to be the one buying all of the debt. So first, who's not buying? Probably no surprise, right? Number one, China and Japan. According to the U.S. Treasury statement, the United States, since October the 1st, so what is today? The 17th. Okay. Now, this report, this was out the other day, so we're a day behind. But in the first 17 days, and I, well, I don't even have that number. I'd scratch that. Sorry. It's live radio. Sometimes I get confused. In the first 11 days, so the, the, the reporting's a little behind, the debt jumped $138 billion. So fiscal year 2019, in 11 days, we've already racked up $138 billion. It's, it's incredible. Obviously, the, the, the size of the debt is going to be a huge problem. So 11 days, up $138 billion. According to the Treasury statement, in fiscal year 2018, we were just shy of $1.3 trillion. And according to the Treasury Department, they said that the central bank, okay, our our, uh, our central bank, we're doing the uh, runoff of the balance sheet. We they shed a hundred and fifty-two billion dollars. So you got to add those two numbers together. So according to the Treasury, they said here's who bought all of the debt. They started with China. They said that China owns $37 billion less than a year ago. Not bad. Now, it's been falling, right? They were actually adding 
And then when the trade war thing started, they've been going the other way. So as of the end of 2018, they bought $37 billion less. So you got to add that. Japan. This was one I was shocked. $72 billion less. By the way, Japan has now sold over $200 billion of U.S. debt in the last four years. And again, remember what I keep telling you to do. Be your own central bank. They're selling. They're not buying. They're selling U.S. treasuries. China and Japan are still the two largest holders. Their combined holding in 2015 equated to 13%. Okay, so those two countries in 2015 own 13%. At the end of fiscal year 2018, it was down to 10. Well, 10.2. By the way, if you're wondering, Japan holds 4.8, China 5.4. Okay. Among the countries, the next 12 largest holders. And this is important. And here's why it's important. Seven of them are tax havens. <laughs> that's where, uh, and what here's what that's used for, are big companies. Remember how I keep telling you, Apple doesn't put money in the bank. Amazon doesn't have money in the bank. I mean, they do. Right, they buy stuff, right? They got to pay payroll. But they put all of their excess cash into bonds. And they use these tax havens Ireland, London, Switzerland, Luxembourg, Cayman Islands, Hong Kong, and Singapore. So that's, you you know, you can take those countries and and pretty much say, okay, those are probably businesses. And they can be global, right? And those companies are, let's face it, you know, Apple's a global company. Amazon's a global company, right? These, These companies are global. Brazil is the next largest holder. Of course, Brazil, right, they love us right now with the soybean. They hold $300 billion. Then you got to go down to Saudi Arabia. Again, another problem for the president. They own $170 billion. Those aren't very big numbers, are they? Taiwan, $163 billion. Belgium, which, by the way, Belgium, you may be able to put into the category of uh, tax haven. You know, they're... they're well, they got their own issues in banking. $155 billion in India, $140 billion. Russia, they've only got $14 billion. During the last year and a half, okay, so if you go back to, and you combine all foreign entities, all of them, from central banks to individuals to corporations, they own about $6 trillion of treasury. 
That's only an increase of $37 billion. So corporations primarily, and maybe some central, and I really I don't think it's central banks. I think it's mostly corporations. They, they bought 37 extra billion dollars. During that same time, the gross national debt, when you add up, you know, the the 1.27, you add up what the central bank ran off its balance sheet, all that stuff, we added $1.6 trillion. So who bought it all? India, or I mean, China didn't buy it. Japan didn't buy it. Matter of fact, they had to, you had to add that. They sold. U.S. government holding. This is going to be your pension fund. Increased by $21 billion. Again, not a big number, right? Federal Reserve, we told you, sold 152 Which left, you guessed it, American institutional and individual investors. I'm going to tell you what they bought and what it means for your well-being. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative perspective since 1983, continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. The well-paid strategists who were hired to advise Republican candidates consistently urged the GOP to focus on fiscal issues and not talk about social issues. They say that running on conservative views, such as traditional marriage and the right to life, scares away voters. But as the long fight over daycare shows, support for values such as the nuclear family simply cannot be separated from limited government and lower spending. I tell about some of these daycare battles in my book called Who Killed the American Family? In the 1970s, feminists began demanding government universal daycare programs that would cover every social and economic group. The liberals wanted daycare to lure women out of their homes and into the workforce. The feminists got Congress to pass the Comprehensive Child Development Bill, but it was famously vetoed by President Richard Nixon, and the feminists are still crying about that veto. Although Nixon expanded government in many ways, in this instance, his daycare veto message perfectly expressed how social and fiscal conservatism are connected. He noted that good public policy should enhance parental authority and parental involvement with children. But government daycare would just add a new army of bureaucrats. The feminists tried again, of course. Daycare was one of their hot-button issues throughout the 1970s. In 1989, legislation called the ABC Bill would have given the government responsibility for raising children. In the 1990s, Hillary Clinton tried to advance the cause once again with a big White House conference. President Obama is now constantly promoting what he calls universal pre-K. Providing government-run daycare for all would add billions to the government's budget. 
Those who call for the GOP to ignore social issues are clearly also betraying fiscal conservatism. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. In 2016, the conservative movement lost one of our strongest leaders, but Mrs. Schlafly's work and her voice continue through this radio program, our work in Washington, and the influence you have in your own community. Be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. We encourage you to bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. I know. A lot of numbers, Double. Let me tell you what it all means. First, let me say this. Are you concerned about what's happened with the dead? Because you used to be. The numbers today are record-breaking. We've never seen such numbers. Remember, I played you Jeff Gundlach the other day. And he's he's using this information. This is from our Treasury Department. They put it out. It wasn't 700, and I forget the number now, I'm sorry, 779 billion. That wasn't what the debt was. It wasn't even 1.27. That wasn't the number either. According to the Treasury Department itself, in addition to all the debt that rolled over, got to remember, we already had 21 point whatever trillion dollars, of which, you know, you're probably thinking probably, you know, 8 to 10 trillion of that rolls over every year. The number was actually 1.613, probably again, I'm probably overdoing the number, trillion dollars. That's how much extra debt we had to sell. Somebody's got to buy it. They're telling us, yeah, okay, the bid to covers are way down. But don't worry, we're not going to lose any sleep over it. And let's talk about a Wall Street rally. Let's not focus in on why it's rallying. Let's pretend that it's rallying because things are really good. I could get the economy to rally with $1.63 trillion more than I took in. And I'm not that smart. So who bought it? The Chinese didn't. The Japanese didn't. The tax haven. Well, they bought a little bit. Right? According to the Treasury Department's own numbers. They said that only a small piece was bought by U.S. businesses. Pension funds, they bought $21 billion. Okay, well, that's, <laughs> that leaves us $1.6 uh, trillion more to go. 
the big number, let me the official number, this group bought one point five one seven trillion. In other words, let me let me put it to you for ways that you can understand. The usual buyer of treasuries bought less than a hundred billion dollars of debt last year. In other words, they added added to what they already had. Less than a hundred billion dollars. Now they said the other piece, that one point five trillion was made up of American institutional and individual investors. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now. That does include your pension funds, your hedge funds, right? Your banks, your insurance uh, insurance companies. American, I guess, when... when, uh, these global companies, I'll use Apple as an example. They are listed here in the United States, and they took U.S. profits and bought treasuries, so that's in there, right? The Apple stuff that they do in the Cayman Islands and Singapore and Hong Kong, that's somewhere else. And then regular folks. Now, I've got a hard time believing any regular folks are buying treasure. Could be. Maybe a little bit. Because right? they don't pay enough. They held the extra $1.517 trillion. By the way, they now make up the largest piece in modern times. Over 33.5% of the United States debt is owned by your banks, is owned by the companies that manage your 401ks, is owned by the companies that are in charge of your annuities, your money markets, your IRAs, And here's the problem. They don't want to own that much. But what happens when the debt markets open every day, as a incentive for getting the business, you know, not everybody gets to go to the treasury auction. See, and and banks, They want that business. Well, they used to want it because they could make money selling it to other, you know, countries, companies, other uh, insurance companies, pension funds, right? They make the money on it. And, of course, remember, as their loan portfolios grow, they have to have X amount of tier one capital. See, one of the things that was in the too big to fail, which has actually made everything so much more dangerous for all of us, 
So by default, this is how smart these people, they're smart, smart people. Banks had to be buyers. See, they already knew this was coming. And in too big to fail, remember, they came up with that brilliant that brilliant thing that makes them safer now called Tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3 loans. Your debt that the banks, when the banks loan money, it goes into one of those three buckets. And they made it so most of the bucket had to be Tier 1. In other words, AAA. Which meant, hey, you got to buy treasuries. I'm going to tell you why it puts all of you in jeopardy when we return. 800-951-0592. Before I get to how smart, they're so smart. Make sure your wealth is protected. U.S. $5 liberties. We don't. We have not run $5 liberties in a while. You just can't get them. Old fractional gold, where you can be as private as you can be, where you can buy it, sell it, trade it. You don't have to be 1099. It's gone. India's gone. Liberty's gone. I've got 45 $5 Liberty gold pieces, the older ones, 1866 to 1907. They're $365, and when you buy 10 or more, we throw in the shipping, 800 951 So... Back when they were allegedly fixing too big to fail. The, the name, too big to fail, implies that the fix is what? Make them smaller, like they used to be. See, and again, another one of the things that they don't want you to remember. There used to be a law that prevented banks from being that big. And you remember them all. You know, Valley National Bank, and I can't even remember. You can't remember them all. There were so many different names, but they were regional banks, and you couldn't get any bigger than that. Why? Because they knew, hey, listen, we only have this FDIC thing. You know, we only got $20, $30 billion here. Right? We, we can't have one of these banks be bigger than that. <laughs> then people would realize that the FDIC doesn't mean anything. Of course, look at what happened. They did it anyway. And then too big to fail, they said, here's the fix. Number one, next time we have to bail out these banks, we're going to do a bail-in instead of a bail-out. I'm going to take it from the deposits next time. But don't worry. We're going to give you some stock in the new bank. Can't sell it. Can't use it to buy groceries with. But you'll have it anyway. Maybe someday. Maybe it'll be worth something someday. Then they said, you know what? We're going to make these banks 
safer by putting these, these debts into buckets. And I, like I said, tier one, tier two, tier three. Tier three is risky. That's your subprime. A, a, a phrase that we only learned about about a dozen years ago. Subprime. And, and then you've got the tier two. Hey, that's not, you know, you're not subprime. But then again, you know, you're not great either. You know, you're okay. That's tier two. And then there's tier one. And tier one, that's the good stuff. That's the super safe, right? And banks don't like tier one because you don't make any money. Right? Where's all the money at for the bank? Loaning it to the bad people because you charge them more interest, right? <laughs> Obviously. Conveniently, guess what's in that bucket? U.S. Treasury. And see, they knew the debt was going to blow up. They knew it back then. These guys are smart. They forced all these banks to have to buy it. But now there's a problem. The banks all just had earnings. And I, they spun them as best they could. Right? They they did. But, but here's what was real. They're not loaning any more money. Their loan portfolios aren't growing. They don't need the tier one capital. But see, now in order to participate in these treasury auctions, it used to be a very lucrative business for the bank. What happens is, if there's not enough of all the other guys, right, you know, the hedge funds, the pension funds, corporations, other central banks, you know, other countries, they have to be the ones to buy them. And when you think about, I don't even know from a percentage standpoint, what, 92, 93% of all of the new debt issued by the government was bought by what what we would call American institutions. That's where your money is. And they're being forced to take on all of this, all of the U.S. Treasury debt because there aren't other buyers. And guess what? These other central banks, these other countries, they see these reports. This isn't a secret. And it's not surprising that we're seeing more and more and more of of these countries and central banks doing what? Hey, send us our gold back. Hey, I know we've had your gold in your country for like 100 years. We want it back now. <laughs> Why do you think? Hey, uh, I know that we've never really bought gold before, but we're going to start buying it now. And this month, well, last month, we had another new country buying gold. I'll tell you who that was in the final segment. 
800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number, U.S. $5 Liberties. 365 dollars and i'll get that price uh changed on the website right after the show i apologize for not having done it sooner if you buy 10 or more we throw in the shipping we actually over the break our lady came to me we had one of our customers who's a pickup and said hey i pick up do i get something since i don't need you to ship it so if you are a pickup and you buy 10 or more We'll throw in a Silver Eagle for you. So you buy 10 or more and you're a pickup in Phoenix or you pick up in Colorado, we'll give you a Silver Eagle uh, for your trouble. 800-951-0592. I'm telling you there's a direct correlation. Why are all these central banks adding to their gold holdings? Why are they all saying bring our gold home? I think it's tied to what we're seeing in, in the debt market. Right? They're sitting there saying, hey, listen, here's the fact. Nobody's buying your debt. And we need to hedge ourselves. In one of the most profound developments, at least that I've seen, in the central bank gold market, the Hungarian National Bank, that is Hungary's central bank, just announced a 1,000% increase in its monetary gold holdings. Now, to be fair, they really didn't have a lot of gold to begin with. But the Hungarian central bank, which only held three tons of gold, during the first two weeks of October, coinciding with this report, purchased 28.4 metric tons of gold, bringing its gold holdings now to over 31 metric tons. The Hungarian Central Bank has not touched their gold reserves since 1986. Of course, what did they do? They... essentially went down to three metric tons. It was purchased in physical form, according to the Hungarian bank, the central bank, and repatriation has already taken place. So Hungary wanted everybody to know, not only did we buy gold, we had it delivered. That's what we do. We deliver it right to you. Just so you know, Hungary now holds the same amount of gold it held 70 years ago. And guess what? I got a funny feeling. They're just getting started. When I first joined Patriot, and I tell this story all the time, but it bears repeating, central banks, sold five, six, seven hundred metric tons a year. Europe alone, the EU, if you will, they sold 500 tons every single year. Now central banks are buying more than 500 metric tons a year. 
U.S. $5 Liberties, 365 bucks at 800 951 Patriot Radio News Hour. Everybody have a great Wednesday.